Hello and welcome to My First Year, the podcast where I interview Gear Up alumni about their experiences in high school, college, and beyond. I'm your host, Casey Weld, with Gear Up for LA. Today, we're going to be addressing the challenges and opportunities of going to college as a dreamer. For those not familiar, the term dreamer is also known as undocumented, meaning folks in this country who are not born here and do not yet have a visa, permanent residency, or citizenship. That said, there are still millions of students studying and working hard in our schools who earn the grades and test scores that position themselves to be able to attend college. And dreamers aren't always afforded the same opportunities as residents or citizens, especially when it comes to financial aid, but that doesn't let them get discouraged and it can even be motivating. To speak about his experience in college as an undocumented student, today I am joined by Juan. He's a graduate of Robert F. Kennedy Community Schools in Koreatown, Los Angeles, and he's currently a junior at UCLA. Thanks for joining us, Juan. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, I'm excited for this podcast to, to continue, and I'm excited to share my experience. Before we even get into it, could you just tell me a little bit about yourself and your background? And I was born in Mexico, although I came like when I was like three years old. I was raised here in Koreatown in Los Angeles, so pretty much I've, I've been here for like 17 years. And right now I'm a UCLA student and I'm studying mathematics. Wow, congrats on UCLA. I feel like that's most Angelino's dream. You know, you said you came here at three, and so you must identify as an Angelino, and this has sort of been the life that you've known. As it pertains to, you know, your residency status, I'm curious, when did you sort of find out or realize that there was a, a difference in your immigration status here in the United States? All throughout my life, undocumented status was never like something that like I really put an emphasis on. It wasn't something that I, I fully like understood. Essentially when I was in high school, um, I was, I was part of this program called the United Way uh, Leadership. And during the summer they offer internships for those student leaders that are in the program. And these internships were paid. And this is when I found out that I was undocumented. I was not able to apply to certain internships because I, they required a social security number, they required uh, work authorization, and because I'm undocumented, you know, I, I didn't have any of those things at that time. When it comes down to getting a job, for so many kids, when you're in elementary school, there's no difference between one kid in the class versus another. But when you get into things like work and compensation, um, the process can get a little bit more complicated. So after finding out that you don't have a social security number, um, how did that shape your higher education aspirations? For a lot of people, you know, they might see it as a disadvantage being undocumented. They might see it as, oh, I can't do this or I shouldn't pursue this. I shouldn't go to college. I shouldn't do these things. For me, it's always been this driven factor inside of me that is like, because I'm undocumented, that's why I'm going to go to college. That's why I'm going to continue to do all these things that all these other people are not doing. It's never been one of those things that has held me back. As a matter of fact, it's always been the main force driving me to continue higher education, continue to be greater and continue to go against all the odds that are that are out there about not only like people of color, but undocumented students that they won't graduate because of financial stuff or they won't even go to college. Like I'm, I'm, I'm always striving to be better and I'm always trying to beat those odds. 
and those statistics because I'm not a I'm not a number I'm not a statistic I'm I'll always be who I am and I feel like I am who I am because I'm undocumented and I know I'll continue to roll and continue to get more opportunities in the future so it will never stop me it has not stopped me whatsoever it didn't stop me in high school it didn't stop me in middle school and it didn't stop me when I came here so it's definitely not going to stop me from pursuing you know my educational journey and my future aspirations so what was the experience like applying for college as an undocumented student? And did you find that it was any different from your peers who were applying at the same time? During the time when I was applying to college, you know, all of my friends were applying to this thing called the FAFSA. I thought that I could apply to the FAFSA as well, but to gear up workshops through me just speaking to like college counselors uh, time and time again, they would tell me that I had to apply to these other to this other thing called the DREAM Act. It's funding for undocumented students or people that are not like citizens. At least for me, like, although it wasn't the same thing that my friends were getting, for me, I've always been like grateful of what I've gotten. Like the application looked pretty much the same, except that the DREAM Act does ask for verification. And there's all these little things that you have to make sure that are correct, because if something isn't correct, then they might underfund you or overfund you. My advice would be, you know, if you're undocumented, you're applying for college, make sure that you reach out to Gira, reach out to your college counselors, reach out to your teachers to help you out. You know, I had a lot of support around me. There was a lot of undocumented student resources, undocumented student workshops. Some of them were on the weekends, but my mom and I made an effort to always go to them. Another one of the things that I was blessed and grateful for having is that I had two of my teachers, one of them being my homeroom teacher and one of them being my biology teacher. They were both UCLA alums when it came to, you know, submitting my personal insight questions. And I, I went up to them and I told them, what is going to make my application stand out? What should I do so I can increase my chances of getting into UCLA and relationships in college or in high school? They're always important because they were the last ones to check my essays. They were the last ones to proofread my essays and they were the ones that connected me with other people that were going to help me get into UCLA. You are very wise to be using the resources available to you. There are always community-based organizations there to support and give resources to every student and I think that's one of the beautiful things about education. You spoke about the DREAM Act and how the DREAM Act is state funding whereas you don't qualify for the federal funding that you might get through the FAFSA. But you did get financial aid. You know, you were able to enter at UCLA arriving to college. Were there any specific resources for you as an undocumented student? When I arrived at UCLA, one of the things that hit me, at least for me, is, you know, the imposter syndrome. I, I know that a lot of people that are attending college being undocumented, especially like during this era, they might feel like they don't belong there or they might feel like there's always financial barriers out there. Because at least for me, when I went in there, like I had to take out a loan to dorm in UCLA. I was also under like the cheapest meal plan, the 11R. So pretty much you get 11 meals a week. And I don't know about everyone out there, but I, I I try to eat at least twice a day and 11 meals is not enough. This was during my first year. I wasn't eating as much and I couldn't upgrade the meal plans because it was just too expensive. And because I'm undocumented, I couldn't really apply for work study and whatnot, although I did ask. 
you know, one of the resources that really helped me during those times was the Undocumented Student Program at UCLA. I remember walking into their office, you know, I, I felt a little inferior to walk in there because, you know, sometimes it's hard asking for help because you never know what they're going to tell you. But I remember just walking in and I and I, and I I made an appointment with the director of the Undocumented Student Program and I told them my situation. And through there, like I found out that there was meal vouchers that they were able to give to students that are, are facing like financial instability while being students at UCLA and I just had to do like a financial aid um, application that really helped me just get my meals in throughout the day and not starve myself because sometimes I would do it because eating is very important when you're trying to study eating is very important also the undocumented student program also offers Mariposa Achievement program pretty much they offer textbook lending a library they also offer commuting scholarships or transportation scholarships for those commuters that are coming from local areas for bus passes or for parking passes. Another one of the things, you know, like just going back to the whole imposter syndrome and not feeling like I was good enough. STEM at UCLA, the way I've seen it through my eyes, there's a lack of people of color or just undocumented students or just people that are that come from like similar backgrounds because I mean I remember like my first year when I when I went to a class, like the class sizes are huge. They're like 200, 300 students. If you don't see people like you, it's kind of intimidating. How do you build that community? I remember feeling like I was I was not in the right place at the beginning, but my goal has always been like to graduate from a STEM field at UCLA because I know for me it's gonna open up a lot of doors in the future when I am able to use my degree. I didn't let that stop me. Like although I felt imposter syndrome, I seeked out resources again and I asked around, I asked the undocumented student program, I asked my friends what they recommended. I went on different tours and I found out about the academic advancement program, which is pretty much a program at UCLA that has its own building dedicated to helping low-income or impoverished students or people of color. And they provide a lot of different scholarships. They provide different workshops. They provide peer counselors. They provide counselors. The tutors that are helping us are students that have taken the courses before and they've gotten like A's or B's. And right there is ultimately where I found all my POC friends and other people that were taking the same courses as me. AAP has always been there because it's my is my counseling unit. Year after year, I've always talked to a counselor, made sure that I was on track to graduate and make sure that everything that I was doing was in alignment. Ultimately, there's always resources out there and there's always people trying to help. People are afraid to ask for help because they're afraid that people are going to tell them no or they're going to tell them, oh, no, I can't really help you. It's ultimately your choice to go out there and seek it because there's just so many students. The professor is not going to know you personally if you don't go to office hours or if you don't talk to the supervisor at the undocumented student program or at different centers. It always takes some sort of braveness or resiliency to seek out for help. Thank you so much for explaining about those different resources. And I think you're incredibly brave for, for putting yourself out there in that self-advocacy. And it's important that you see the efficacy in your own self-advocacy. I know the California public schools have put Dream Resource Centers or Undocumented Students programs in essentially every public college campus um, in California. Can you go into detail about some of those struggles you faced and you know whether they tie into your immigration status? You know, there was a point in my time at UCLA in my second year when I fell under academic probation, I had to bounce back up and it was either let myself get beaten or do I fight back up and I get back up and I, and I try again and I try even harder. It was, it was two reasons why I fell under academic probation. Always having that financial stress under me, like the meal thing. I was also supposed to take a summer course 
undocumented students also don't get the same amount of funding during the summer because if you take too much classes, you might not get them fully covered and you have to pay out of pocket for certain, some of those classes. You know, I didn't want to take out another loan. So that was on the back of my mind. And then that quarter, I just sort of let myself go. Like in terms of like, I didn't take care of myself. I didn't take care of my mental health. I, I remember that that quarter, I just sort of isolated myself from everybody, which is something that I do not recommend. Because in order to fall in, under academic probation in one of your semesters, you need to fall under a 2.0 GPA. And I fell on, and I, and I had a 1.8 GPA that quarter. If I wasn't able to make it up the following quarter, like get a 2.0 or above, then, you know, then I would have got into like academic dismissal and whatnot. For me, that was scary, right? I just sort of bounced back by, you know, trying all different things that I had never tried before. I, I didn't fully attend office hours a lot. So I remember that quarter I attended office hours all the time, regardless of whether I felt like it or not. I had to sort of push myself because I didn't want to fall under academic dismissal. But it mainly comes down to like working smarter, not harder. I thought harder was the way to go, but it's ultimately like smarter is about being efficient with your studying. And then when it came to like financial stability, like I had a choice to take out a loan or, you know, I had the choice of trying to find ways to monetize the things that I know how to do. I started my own business, my photography and videography business that right now I currently own. Through that, I was able to pay my summer course. Those are two of the main struggles. And what I learned from that is what works for other people and their college life in terms of balance and what works for them, that that's only applicable to what their experience, whatever works for them might not work for you. When I decided to focus on doing things that matter to me and going through my own process through my own way. Yeah. You need to find what works for you. And that's the only way like I've, I've, I've gotten over things. So Juan, you're now in your third year and you've made it through all sorts of challenges and overcome them all. Uh, but I do have to ask you, are you worried about getting a job after graduation? Are you nervous about that new frontier coming up on you? It's very important for me to finish my degree, mainly because, you know, I'm doing this for my family. You know, I graduated high school, graduated middle school, um, had a little bit of a rough time there. And I've had a little bit of a rough time here at UCLA. I'm the first in my family to attend like a top tier UC. So that that in itself is a huge accomplishment for my family. And in terms of like the job market and finding a job after graduation, I'm not really concerned about having a job. But for me, my ultimate goal is to be an entrepreneur. For me, it's always been about being my own boss. There's this law that allows undocumented students or undocumented individuals to own business licenses, professional business licenses. One of the things that I'm still doing research on right now is trying to make a business an official entity or an LLC with an ITIN number. It means that my business is not only now official, but I can also hire other people to work for me or to work with my companies. That's the route that I want to go to. And I and I know that for a lot of people, you know, they're afraid that they might not get the job that they want when they graduate college. And for me, if I'm unable to find a job that I enjoy, I'll still take any other job that I, that I get. I'll take it because I know that this is not going to be forever. It's only going to help me growing that financial literacy. Obviously, in an ideal world, in a perfect world, I want to find a job and I'd love to get into marketing. I know those things, you know, I can't control them. They might happen in four years. They might happen in 10 years. But like I said, that's how life is. And I think that makes life beautiful that I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to continue to grow and I'm going to continue to build my network and continue to do all these things to get to that end goal. Juan, your message just exudes positivity from end to end. What would you want somebody who was in your same footsteps to take away um, from your message? 
You know, one of the main things that I want to emphasize is that I truly believe this, that it's totally up to you. Like, it's your choices. That's ultimately how life is. Sometimes you're going to know what you're go- getting into. Sometimes you're going to open a door that you have no idea what's on the other side of the door. But you have to go through it either way. What I want to say is try to think of everything in a positive way. Yeah, it's okay to see the negative side of things. But until you're there, you won't know what's going to happen. Like, I I never thought about that I was going to be in academic probation. But, you know, when it happened, that's when I started to deal with things. Like, don't think of two years, three years ahead. Don't think of one year. Think about, like, as of now, what is going on right now. And use college as a way to grow, grow as a person, grow as a student, grow on your skills. And if you're going to fall nine times, get back up 10. I always emphasize this. And don't let your status be one of those things that are going to hold you back. Continue to prove people wrong that they say that undocumented students can't do it and that we bring nothing good to this country. Like, just continue to be you, continue to enjoy it. Because I remember a funny story that, um, you know, nobody believed that I would go to to UCLA. And I remember one of my teachers told me that if I got into UCLA, she'd buy me my prom ticket. And yeah, I got into UCLA and she had to pay my prom ticket. (laughs) So don't let anybody else tell you how to live your life. Because if you're living somebody else's life that they envision of you, who's going to be you? It's really inspiring to hear the kind of tenacity that you have in attacking your life, your education, work, all of these different things have the same common thread, which is you. (laughs) No, yeah. And I just, and I just want to share this quote. Um, I forgot who wrote it, but it it goes like, miracles happen every day. Change Change your perspective of what a miracle is and you'll see them all around you. A quick reminder to, to yeah, look look at, at, at the things that you have. Don't look at the things that you don't have and continue to, you know, be something greater than, than you could be. Have big goals, big dreams. This was Juan, a current student at the University of California, Los Angeles, UCLA. He's finishing up his third year, heading in the home stretch of his senior year, and can't wait to see what you do in the world, Juan. Thank you so much for joining us. Subscribe to My First Year on gear4la.net, iTunes, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. Please rate, review, and share with your friends and family to keep the dialogue going. The My First Year podcast is a Gear production. Original idea by Juan Meyer Hernandez. Hosted by me, Casey Weld. Audio production and post-production services by Tin Dragon Media. Production music, courtesy of Epidemic Sound. And a special thanks to Gear4la, Study Smart Tutors, the Gear Up Alumni Association, and to listeners like you.